It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, September 11th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. Up ahead, the California report reflects on the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Then, National Native News looks at the strained relationship between South Dakota's state government and their tribal nations. We've got your local news and weather forecast before KVMR's Felton Pruitt brings us the latest Nevada City Chamber of Commerce report. Keep it tuned to hear what fall festivities are just around the corner and what very patriotic celebration unfolds in downtown Nevada City this weekend, September 16th and 17th. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles, and here are some California stories we're following. Governor Gavin Newsom says he would not appoint any of the Democrats currently running for Dianne Feinstein's U.S. Senate seat to fill the position if it became vacant sooner than expected. Appearing on NBC's Meet the Press over the weekend, Newsom said he would instead make an interim appointment with someone else. It's been completely unfair to the Democrats that have worked their tail off. That primary is just a matter of months away. I don't want to tip uh, the balance of that. Newsom has says that he would appoint a black woman if Feinstein's seat opened up before the 2024 elections. Currently, there's not a black woman serving in the U.S. Senate. A new poll out by UC Berkeley's Institute of Governmental Studies shows that a big majority of California voters oppose the idea of providing cash payment reparations to the descendants of enslaved people living in the state. The poll found that 59% of voters oppose the idea versus 28% who support it. Opposition comes from majorities of white, Asian, and Latino voters, but not black California voters who support reparations by 76%. A reparations task force has recommended cash payments to black Californians as partial compensation for generations of housing discrimination, health disparities, and mass incarceration. And today marks the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 attacks that killed nearly 3,000 people in New York, Washington, D.C., and Shanksville, Pennsylvania in 2001. Memorial events are planned across the state. They include a moment of silence and the ringing of a bell in San Jose with members of Congress in attendance, a memorial service featuring retired firefighters aboard the USS Midway Museum in San Diego, and a gathering of residents and first responders at the California 9-11 Memorial in Clovis. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Hint, fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors including watermelon and pineapple in stores or delivered from hintwater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. The popular social media app Instagram and its parent company Meta use artificial intelligence to moderate content. But there are growing concerns that the training data for AI is biased against women and people of color. As we hear from KQED's Beth Tribole, a Los Angeles photographer thinks this algorithmic bias is part of the reason Instagram disabled his account. 
Merrick Morton worked as the set photographer on iconic movies like Fight Club and The Big Lebowski. Take it easy, dude. Oh, yeah. I know that you will. Yeah, well, the dude abides. But Morton is best known for his pioneering street photography from Los Angeles in the late 1980s. I think I'm the only photographer in the 80s who had the cholo culture, who also captured the black culture, and also captured the interactions with the police and these communities. His Instagram account held an archive of mostly black and white photographs, many of them formal posed portraits of gang members at home or on the streets. Sometimes they're clutching their girlfriends or kissing their mothers. Morton says a lot of those men and women thanked him for preserving their memories and honoring their culture. I had people communicating with me through Instagram, family members. I was getting back to them. But then, in August 2022, Instagram removed Morton's account. All of a sudden, one day, I lost everything. In one day, Morton lost his public archive of more than 500 photos, along with a community of more than 60,000 followers that he built over the years. Instagram said his photos, quote, violated community standards on violence or dangerous organizations. Morton reached out to Instagram through his network of contacts to deny that his work promoted violence. Instagram reinstated his account after a month, but took it down again and again over the next six months. In March, when his account was taken down for the third time, Morton started to wonder if the skin color of his subjects is the reason. We've seen this time and again, Meta taking down content by and about people of color, while similar content by and about white people remains up. Attorney Jessica Gonzalez of the nonprofit Free Press is a watchdog for Meta's content moderation practices. She says Meta's use of artificial intelligence often leads to algorithmic bias, meaning either the code or the data set it relies on carries inherent bias. Gonzalez has called out Meta and its platforms, Instagram and Facebook, because she suspects its AI is more likely to remove images of black and brown people, while violent posts from white supremacists stay up on their site. We've raised this with Meta many times leading up to the 2020 election and the 2022 midterms. We had militia groups actually organizing violent rallies, calling for people to bring guns. Brian Fishman used to run the team that monitored terrorism and hate groups at Facebook. He says that there can be real challenges with human teams, too. There are circumstances where AI is actually more accurate in some circumstances than human reviewers, but there's also plenty of examples where that's not the case. Fishman says humans will always need to be in the mix, especially for nuanced decisions. But AI is also necessary to review the sheer amount of content every day. And so I think the hope and the promise of artificial intelligence is it allows you to make more consistent decisions at a higher scale. As for Morton's account, it was permanently disabled last week despite his request for a review. Meta has not responded to multiple requests from KQED for an interview. For the California Report, I'm Beth Tribolet.
You can see some of Merrick Morton's photography on our website, kqed.org slash California Report. And finally, here's a holiday you probably didn't celebrate over the weekend, unless you're a real aficionado of state history. Saturday was Admission Day, the day, September 9th, 1850, when California was admitted into the Union as the country's 31st state. Although little observed today in the 19th and early 20th centuries, it was a pretty big deal. Parades and pageants attracting thousands were held to celebrate Admission Day. And that is the California Report for Monday, September 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk tomorrow. Today's National Native News takes us to South Dakota. Despite having nine tribal nations, the state's government seems to have a rocky understanding of tribal sovereignty, at least according to the vice president of the Oglala Lakota Nation. In fact, South Dakota's governor has been banned from stepping foot on the Oglala Sioux Pine Ridge Reservation. Details ahead. This is National Native News. I'm Jill Freitas from KMBA in Anchorage, Alaska, filling in for Antonia Gonzalez. The vice president of the Oglala Lakota Nation reacted to former President Donald Trump's visit to Rapid City, South Dakota on Friday by saying her tribe was not invited to a rally by the Republican Party featuring Trump and reflected on his time as president of the United States as difficult for Indian country. Vice President of the Oglala Sioux Tribe, Dr. Alicia Musso, told National Native News in Rapid City during an interview hours before the rally that she was not in tribal leadership during the Trump administration, but says it was hard working with the administration in her capacity, addressing youth issues with federal funding through the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention. My previous work with the um, under an OJJDP grant, providing training and technical assistance for tribal communities was very difficult. We couldn't say certain words, including the word trauma. I was working for the National Native Children's Trauma Center at the time, so it was kind of hard not to say the word trauma, but we were censored. Um, And it's hard to do work when you're censored, do good work in our communities when you're censored from saying certain things. So it it was a little difficult, a little concerning. That was the experience that I had when that administration was in. Dr. Musso says she's not surprised South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem welcomed Trump to the state. The Oglala Sioux Tribe has had a rocky relationship with Nome, even telling the governor to keep off the Pine Ridge Reservation. The Oglala Sioux Tribe still has a banishment on Christy Nome that was from COVID when we had our borders up. And um, one of our banishments was taken back, but then another banishment was put on. It's been very difficult um, of the state of South Dakota understanding tribes and our sovereignty and us as a nation. and the things that we have to deal with and also our our status as a political entity. And so it's been kind of difficult considering ICWA and, and those types of issues that we face every day. It'd be very nice if the city of South Dakota understood those a little bit better. Trump's visit was part of fundraising for the state GOP, but many speculate it was also to boost his campaign for president. There was also talk in statewide and national media that Noam could likely play a part in his campaign or if he takes another term in office. Dr. Musso says if that's the case, she hopes Noam would understand tribes, especially coming from a state with nine tribal nations. The University of Alaska Board of Regents has unanimously approved a $53 million fundraising campaign for an indigenous study center at its Fairbanks campus. The Alaska Beacon reports that Troth Yetta would be the first university space in the nation designed with indigenous education models in mind. 
Trothieta in the Athabascan language means wild potatoes on a hill. Troth is also a word used for wild carrots. The root vegetables are a staple for interior Alaska natives. Charlene Stern, the university's vice chancellor for rural, community, and native education, believes the new center could be a game changer for Alaska. She says it will help address both present-day and historical inequities for Alaska's indigenous students. Currently, Alaska Native Studies courses are scattered across different campus buildings, but the center would bring them together under one roof. It will also be a home to the university's native language program, which has grown from 3 to 12 instructors. The University of Alaska Fairbanks is the only university in the world to offer bachelor's degrees in Yupik and Inupiaq. As of July, the university has raised $5.5 million for Troth Yetta. I'm Jill Freitas. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Support by Vision Maker Media, envisioning a world changed and healed by understanding Native stories and the public conversations they generate. 45 plus years of Native stories and Indigenous knowledge through film and media can be found at visionmakermedia.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Now let's take a look at your local news. The 56th annual Nevada City Constitution Celebration is this weekend, September 16th and 17th. Nevada City dedicates an entire weekend of festivities to celebrating, starting with two days of Revolutionary War living history demonstrations at Pioneer Park. Over Saturday and Sunday, attendees can experience aspects of civilian and military life, including camp setups, period music, and demonstrations of historic military weapons. The Nevada City Chamber of Commerce says visitors of all ages will have the opportunity to learn stories and myths from the era. The Nevada County Concert Band performs Saturday afternoon with an open-air concert in downtown Nevada City. The weekend activities culminate with the Constitution Day Parade on Sunday, September 17th. The parade starts off with a reenactment of the signing of the U.S. Constitution. This year's parade theme is Soundtrack of America and will feature numerous marching bands and live music, along with floats, military groups, fire trucks, youth groups, and the perennial favorite, the famous Marching Presidents of Nevada City, in which Nevada County residents dress up and embody each U.S. President and First Lady. More information about Constitution Day 2023 can be found at nevadacitychamber.com. The California Department of Transportation will give a presentation on Tuesday, September 12th to the Nevada County Board of Supervisors about a planned Highway 20 closure. The presentation starts sometime after 1.30 p.m. at the board's regular weekly meeting and the public is invited to attend. The closure is scheduled for late September through early October and involves the Omega Curve Safety Improvement Project. 
Most of the work will take place between White Cloud and Lowell Hill and will focus on widening shoulders, improving the highway's sight distance, and adding designated left turn lanes near Conservation Road and Washington Road. Tuesday's meeting is scheduled in the board chambers at 950 Maidu Avenue in Nevada City. It can also be viewed online. For help with watching the meeting, head to Nevada County's webpage and click the Meeting Information and Video Streaming button on the left panel of the Board of Supervisors page. The upcoming Omega Curves project includes major road work for a 12-day stint on State Route 20 east of Nevada City. The work is scheduled to begin Sunday, September 24th at 7 p.m. and end at noon on Friday, October 6th. The full closure will be in effect at two locations. The first closure will take place in the Lowell Hill segment between the Omega Overlook and Bear Valley. Crews will then move the closure location west to the White Cloud segment between the White Cloud U.S. Forest Service and Campground and Washington Road. Caltrans advises drivers to use State Route 49 or State Route 174 as an alternate route. Now let's take a look at your local forecast from the National Weather Service. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 57 degrees. Tuesday sunny with a high near 83. Tuesday night will be mostly clear with a low around 57 degrees. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight clear with a low around 43 degrees. Tuesday, sunny with a high near 75. Tuesday night will be mostly clear with a low around 43 degrees. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, clear with a low around 59 degrees. Tuesday, sunny with a high near 88. Tuesday night will be mostly clear with a low around 59 degrees. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. The seasons are changing, and KVMR's Felton Pruitt has details on what to expect with fall festivities right around the corner. Stay tuned for a preview of this weekend's Constitution celebration and learn how downtown is preparing for Halloween. All that and more in your latest Nevada City Chamber report. It's time for the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce report with Executive Director for the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce, Stuart Baker. Hey there, Felton. Thanks for having me, sharing the information on Nevada City. We have our usual festivities for Constitution Weekend. On a Saturday, September 16th, we'll have the Revolutionary War Days, which is a reenactment of the Revolutionary War at Pioneer Park. And at 4 o'clock that day on Pine Street, we're having the Constitution Day Concert, which is a perennial favorite of uh, music. The parade is on Sunday down Broad Street, and that's going to be on September 17th at 2 p.m., and directly afterwards is the 49er Rotary Duck Race, and that's happening at the creek right by uh, Cornerstone Realty at the Five Point Interchange. So uh, that's what's happening immediately in the coming weeks in October, we're going to have the Nevada City Halloween, which is a safe Halloween trick-or-treating in downtown. It's a great event for the kids. Last year, we far exceeded the expectation we had and how many folks would be attending. And of course, in the evening, there'll be some street closures on Upper Pine Street for the traditional festivities for Halloween. 
And lastly, it is a ways off, but if you're interested in becoming a vendor for Victorian Christmas, you'll need to let us know by the 20th of October. So that's coming up soon, and we're excited about that. And of course, the farmer's market's happening every Saturday morning on Union Street from now through the 16th of December. So that pretty much sums it up for right now, Felton. What are the hours for the farmer's market? It starts at 8.30 and it goes until 1 p.m. And of course, for Constitution Day, we have the famous marching presidents being the big headliners. Yes, and that's happening and uh, it will be as fun as ever. Give the website for the chamber so people can find this information. It is NevadaCityChamber.com. That's Stuart Baker. He's Nevada City's Chamber of Commerce Executive Director. We'll see you out at all the events, Stuart. Uh, Sounds great, Felton. Have a good one. That's our newscast for Monday, September 11th. Listen to anything you may have missed at our website, kvmr.org, and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Pioneer Community Energy, reminding listeners that locally owned, not-for-profit Pioneer brings a choice in electricity providers to Grass Valley and Nevada City in January 2024. More information at pioneercommunityenergy.org slash expansion. And the Nevada City Farmer's Market, Saturdays, 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Robinson Plaza and Union Street, now through mid-December. Featuring sustainably grown food from local farmers, crafts, artisanal offerings, also live music, and EBT accepted. ncfarmersmarket.org. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendonca. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Join us Tuesday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News.